I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem, and a welcome, welcome back to Premier League football this weekend. The satanic entity that is the international break has claimed enough blood sacrifice through either injury or COVID-positive tests that it is now satiated to slumber until March. I have Patrick with me as always. Patrick, yes. do you even know what the Nations League is? No, uh, but I'm really confused why the good old US of A is not in it. And I would like to get some skin in the game because we're missing World Cup. So if we're doing fake tournaments, let's at least get into those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Classic Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson-esque. Mm-hmm. Just elbow your way into that Nation's League. Just um, even though it is, Even though it is refined to teams from Europe. That, that mm. feels pretty par for the course with us. Yeah, yeah. Just, just jam it on in. I mean, it's Nation's League, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are we, not a nation anymore? Yeah. When yeah, did I well, get that alert? Slippery slope, I suppose, if you're into politics. <laughs> But well, if you must ask, it comes up on my freak of the week. <laughs> Are we plugging the conspiracy pod again? No more than what one minute into the podcast? Jesus, it's a plug for a plug. Yeah, <laughs> plugs. Well, the nation leagues to me feels Patrick like uh, that game you played in elementary school where the teacher was like, "There's a super special secret prize at the end of it all," and then the kids got hyped up for something that turned out to be like a a warm Jolly Rancher that was in the desk. Mm. That is, is the, the Nations prize? League. Uh, it, I, it's just unclear. like Euro seeding, maybe? Pro- it's seeding. To my knowledge, it's seeding. But they go to like the finals tournament. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm just salty that England didn't make it this year. But do you even Nations League, bro? No. No. Not Gary. Not anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Folks, we got a great episode for you. It's going to be probably on the shorter side. We are coming out of the inter-lull, international lull break. Still trying to make that pun work. Um, yeah. We are doing a way too early team of the season. Patrick's 11, my 11, squaring off in the gladiatorial ring. Mm. We'll get into that shortly. We have a record breaking Ask Us Anything. Seven Prem heads wrote us in. Patrick and I were saying, wow. We will ride this out until we can no longer. Full, fill just one episode with Ask Us Anything. We will I, answer all your questions. Yeah, I intend I intend to beat the Prem heads. There is no amount of questions that I will not answer. I it's intend like, to win. Who's going who's gonna to tap first? Right, right. Do, do yeah. we not read all of the Ask Me Anythings or you know, punt to a different episode mm-hmm. or do the, the Prem heads bow mm-hmm. down and only ask good questions? Our Let's one see. rule is don't cross the line, but we don't know where that line is yet. Nope. So, so good job. You haven't crossed it. Yeah, no, no lines crossed yet. Um, yeah. Andy is leading the race. Yeah, Andy and Will Jones. <laughs> I would. I. I don't know who's finishing bronze, but I got two two guaranteed on the podium. Yeah. Well, then we'll end a little bit. Leave it. Freak of the week and the return of degenerate district. Finally, you get to find out where this man's putting his money this week. Premier League's coming back this weekend. Mm-mm-mm. Before we get into the team of the season, Patrick, have you ever wondered what's actually getting stored in that melon of yours? Um, 
I am now. I hadn't wondered about it before. Give me a quick breakdown. Like 25, 40, 10, 25. In terms of what? What's in there? Yeah, what's in your melon? Um, I would say crippling self-doubt, about 10% of that. Then okay. uh, useless sports knowledge, about okay. 40%. And then useless sports opinion, another 40%. And then just a real good guy, another 10%. Thank God. Yeah. I like the difference between sports opinion and sports knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Useless 50, sports 50. opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's useless sports opinion. Funnily <laughs> enough, that's the that's the subheader to this podcast. Is it really? <laughs> I wrote it, and that's why you could see there's nothing else going on up there. Don't even remember it. Well, Patrick, your melon, everyone else's melon. Soon we'll get to find out who has the strongest melon on last fan stand. And you heard us mention it last week. This quiz show is taken off, and you don't want to miss it. We're putting your football knowledge to the test. Just like Patrick and myself, Prem Dole Prem, it's a game by fans for fans. So we're partnering with those fine folks at Last Fan Standing to bring you a Prem Dole Prem sponsored quiz each and every week on the app. And we might even mess around and throw you some predictor games too. We don't know. We're feeling a little dangerous, Baker Mayfield. So mm. this is available to download pretty damn soon on the App Store and Google Play. And by damn soon, I mean this week, folks. Check out Google Play in the App Store this Friday because quizzes launch on Saturday, November 21st. Do not miss our inaugural quiz. You can find out more at lastfanstanding.app or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Great, great. And there's, there's eight questions, right, James? Yeah, the eight questions of hell. Uh, you got to make through all eight questions to be crowned the king, and there might even be a little money on it at the end. Um, you know, we had we had some talks with the higher ups, and we were like, "So mm-hmm. is it your money or our money?" And they were like, "Well, it's definitely not our money." So you will mm-hmm. take money straight out of our wallets. That is something I'm sure every prim head has has been dreaming about. <laughs> Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> All right, Patrick, let's get into it. It is the way too early team of the season. Eight games down, 30 to go. We have some inklings as to who's been stepping up. The stipulation here is one player max per team. So we can't we can't just go fielding a full Arsenal 11. We all want to, but we just can't do it. I forgot about that rule. I'm going to have to make some adjustments. I think I can squeeze that in. Carry on. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, Actually, Patrick, I, have, I was thinking I about... six backups listed, so I'm just going to have to move some things around. Okay, fantastic. Don't worry about it. Well, that. I was thinking about how we want to run this, and is it like uh, we go snake style? And I think we What's should... What's your formation? Okay. Well, yeah. I went 4-3-3. Three, three. Three. If we're in the I'm same formation... Also, I'm a 4-3-3. Three, three. Three. Let's go one for one. I am okay. doing... An, uh, I think they call it on FIFA the attacking 4-3-3. Three, three. So obviously four at the back, a... Holding midfielder, a deep line, creative player, a number 10, two wingers, and a striker. Attacking 4-3-3. Yep. Patrick-ish. Yeah, same thing. Let's start with those nerds who wear the mitts. Goalkeeper. I'll go ahead and kick us off. This is where I'm pulling my Chelsea player move. You know, they signed eight or nine World-class players of the summer. You were wondering, who, who's it going to be? Werner, Ziyech, uh, Havertz. Nope, Edward Mendy. And this is more of a love letter to Kepa than it is to Mendy. Because Mendy's four starts in the Premier League, 
three of which were clean sheets. The fourth game he had was 4-1 against Sheffield United, and then sandwiched in between there was 3-3 against West Brom and 3-3 against Southampton. Um, I don't know if Mendy's... Like I'm saying, this is this is Kepa's award. He's giving this to Mendy because he is making him shine like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond indeed. That's a good shout. He was in there at first, and then I deleted him um, for one Casper Schmeichel. Get well soon. But I think that guy's been on fire. Uh, he's got three clean what's, sheets, I believe, what's on the What's the get season. well soon? He took a real nasty concussion with Denmark. Um, maybe not concussion, but he took one of those... Um, Dome shots. knee to the heads when he was yeah. sliding out and like the arms just go kind of like limp above his head I don't know I, don't, I didn't really read any follow up but I assume that he's out for out for you know at least this this week I would be surprised if he played he came out of the game in, in Denmark but I haven't oh that's tough yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's immense great player I was thinking about him too Patrick but for reasons that will be clear later I could yeah. not choose him Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's had a good, good, uh, good start. Uh, Emmy Martinez would be in with a shout, I think, as well. That was another. Guy I, I was also thought about Emmy Martinez. I think he's leading the the league in clean sheets. Yeah, Rui Patricio was also up there in clean sheets, but Wolves mm-hmm. have been too boring mm-hmm. for me to to give him anything there. Yeah, it's funny. I don't have I don't I don't have a single Wolves player in here. So I'm a little slot one in. I was thinking one, just kind of rearrange my team sheet on the fly. A little too boring. All right, we're going left style. or right back first. We're going right back. Because we read right to left. Um, ignore that. Okay. So, Patrick, give me left or right? your... Left right? Okay. I'm not... No. This is one of the positions i got to scramble on. Can we go yep. left first? I'm holding your feet to the fire here. There's no, like, oh, let me, you know, let me take a couple of these, give you some time. No, I want your right back. Well, this is going to impact something else. I've just got to go with what i got in, and we're going to move some other things you're, around you're, later. You're playing a game of live Tetris right now with the fans, too. I enjoy that. You're going to love this. I'm going Matty Cash, Ashton Villa. This cat has been on fire. I watch this guy play. I don't know what his stats are. I don't know anything, but this guy impresses me every single game. And I think there's a lot of impressive players on Villa. Obviously, this means I'm leaving Grelish out, so i got to figure out my left wing situation as this thing goes on. So, Your Ashton Villa selection was Matty Cash. I just I couldn't. I, I was looking around the board. I was trying to figure out another right back, and they're all linked to other teams. So here we are. It's Matty Cash, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it popping. Who you got? I think what I gathered from that was just full man analytics. It's not stats. It's not records. It's likability of name. And and yeah, I mean, man. do you like him as a player? Do you rate him as a player? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I rate that entire back line. I don't think he's like team of the season worthy, but you know, you gotta give you gotta give that entire back line props when they're leading yeah, leading clean sheets. Just, just so it's clear, I did this game incorrectly. Full stop. He was my right back. Not I wasn't playing any one team, anything like that. He was my right back of the season so far. Oh, oh, this wasn't a scramble. This was a a lock from when you did this game improperly. Correct. Like I have a printed out lineup builder team sheet in front of me that has multiple players from the same team on it. And I'm Matty Cash and Jack Grealish were in that team, but I'm picking Matty Cash. That's so amazing. That's yeah. so amazing. Patrick, I'm going with Tariq Lamptey. I'm going with Tariq Lamptey of Brighton, who's been a menace huh. with his pace and his crossing. He is not in the mainstream eye just yet, but this might be a hot take, Patrick. I think he's already better than Alexander Arnold. Wow. From I mean, that is a hot take. From his offensive perspective, if it's not clear from yet... offensive it, perspective... Mm-hmm. If it's not clear yet, it will be in give it two years. Uh, this guy is England bound. He's bigger team bound. He's 
got all the makings of a world-class player and i might wow. i might just i might just be riding the tip of like alexander arnold a having a bad start to the season and b being injured a little bit of uh kicking while he's down but i think this guy's the future i think brighton does not give you a lot of reasons to watch them as a team this is one keep your eye on him folks mm, okay good good one good one okay. we have two center backs you want to go yeah you go i'll go first my two first, first or you want to go one, one at a time one at a time. We'll go one at a time. Okay, okay. My first center back is Yannick Vestergaard of Southampton. Again, low-key, leading the league in clean sheets. So you got to give props to that back line. And this dude is like straight out of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. He's got the long flow, the headband. I think a, at least one goal to his name already. So he's contributing up front as much as he is at the back, you know, I don't think Southampton is going to keep this up. I don't necessarily think Vestergaard is going to keep this up, but this is the team of the season so far, and he deserves it. James, we have the same right center back. I was trying to think of a more appropriate um, sound device. Okay. Yeah, because remember, remember, I told you I thought I was like, let's let's watch that Southampton Newcastle game after Danny Ings went out. I thought Newcastle was a safe bet. Southampton took care of business. Sure and did. he really stood out to me. And obviously, yeah, they've got a brilliant start to the season. Um, not sure how many clean sheets out there. I think McCarthy's on four as well. So, yeah, I think I think absolutely deserved. And he's he's huge. He's an absolute unit. He's a he's a real physical presence. Speaking of physical presences, left center back. I'm going with Arsenal's own Gabriel. I think uh, he has come Gabi. over from from France and been an absolute force. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not out to say he's he's a in contention quite yet uh, for best Premier League center back when it's all said and done. But I think he's he's absolutely a top player. I think he belongs at this level, and I think he'll show his class in the in the years to come. Only 22 as well. Mm-hmm. So good signs, good signs, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's got enough room on his head to clearly head a ball. I think I believe he got that. You know, season opener against Fulham, so you got to be not happy as about much that. as as holding. I think they're in a competition to see who can clear clear the space for the for the biggest biggest header. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's giving holding a bit of uh, humble pie to not make fun of other people's hairlines. Holding uh, <laughs> tweeted for the first time in a while because somebody tweeted at him. Um, you have you, you 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 have fewer tweets than hairs on your head, and they said, "Got to oh. give it to you. That's a good one." <laughs> they had a laugh about it. At least he's at least he's a he's a proper lad about it. Man's tweeting once an hour. Yeah, <laughs> clearly compensating. There's a lot of hairs. <laughs> even even for him, there's a lot of hairs. The average uh, yeah, man, two. the average man loses a hundred hairs every day, Dick. Yeah, and when you head the ball, even more. Yeah. All right, my other center back. Wherever Kate is in the world, she is smiling because I'm choosing Ruben Diaz. Fresh off a brace for Portugal, but we're talking Premier League, and that's just fine. Because from five total, so good. <laughs> from five total matches in the Premier League, he has two clean, he has two clean sheets. And every other occasion, they only conceded one goal. Man City isn't totally clicking right now, but I think he is a piece that is clicking. And suddenly, Laporte and Diaz look to be a formidable pair as soon as they can just get that gel going. But I think Diaz is impressing, like Gabriel, in his first season in the Premier League. Yeah, Diaz is good. He's real good. Real, real good. Hit me with your left burke. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is I, I kind of surprised myself that my Man City player was the center back and my Chelsea player was the goalkeeper. But that's just 
That's the way you it goes. You surprised yourself, yeah? It's tough up top. It's tough up top. Okay, it everyone. Actually, yeah. This is my last fan standing sponsored Satisfied Patrick Crowley pick. I'm going with Kieran Tierney for my left back. Interesting. Everyone seems to love Kieran Tierney on the Arsenal subreddit, so he must be in team of the season form. Um, He's been okay. <laughs> he's been okay. Uh, he's also been playing kind of in that, because we're still playing with that, that stupid five at the back. So he's five at the back. That, hey, like, versatility. Never hurt third, anybody. Right, yeah. Yeah, slot him right in. Who would, who would have thought between between the two of us we'd have uh, you know two Arsenal defenders in our in our team of the season too early? Not me. Look at us. Look I saw us. this amazing. You know, you I think English football fans are the most self deprecating of fans. And I saw some Arsenal fan tweet: "We've got our best goal scorer playing on the wing. We've got our best crosser of the ball in non crossing positions, and we've got our most creative player live tweeting the game." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's obviously referring to Tierney as best. Good. Best crosser of the ball, which I, you know, is a little lost on me because, like, as the tweet references, we haven't really seen him in like crossing positions much this season. Yeah, they've been putting Saka out there. It's been a, it's been a weird thing, but you know, we're 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 past Arsenal now, James. Going to my my left back, someone who I didn't actually rate at all coming into the season, and I am proven wrong. No, it's not Mason Mount. It is. I think his first name is Aaron, but I'm going with Cresswell from West Ham. Yeah, I think yeah. he's had a really, really good start to the season. West Ham's had a better start than I think any of us were expecting, uh, and he's got his name on the on the score sheet a few times as well. So, uh, good player. I'm not sure if he's getting in a run um, with England yet. Is he getting over Chilwell? No, no. I think Cresswell falls into that James Ward-Prowse category of like mm, playing really there. well. Like playing really well will probably get some shouts to go play with England, but at the end of the day. Is he a better, you know, granted left back's probably not a deep position for England, but, um, you know, go compete with Ben Chilwell back there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, West Ham, 12th place, outperforming at least for now what I expected of them, and he is without a doubt a big part of that. Good pick, good pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving to the midfield, James. Midfield, I'm starting with my most defensive of those midfielders. You mentioned West Ham. I doubled down West Ham, Declan Rice. Or as Carl says, who we should p- replace N'Golo Kante with. Uh, he does everything on that West Ham team. He's a true holding midfielder. But he's got a pass on him too. And he's not afraid to get up the field. And he scored an amazing goal at the end of last season to mm-hmm, effectively banger. relegate Watford. So, uh, you know, he's not afraid to get his kill count up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going with the guy he's meant to be replacing. I think N'Golo Kante is an incredible <laughs> form. I don't know. I mean, I I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a a Chelsea fan that wants to get rid of rid of Conte, even if the only you know. yeah the only reason I have a go there is because I was texting Carl on the back end of their spending spree. So mind you, they've bought about like seven or eight world class players, and he's like, oh, now if we can just replace Conte, just like have you no end, <laughs> <laughs> have you no shame? He's a gluttonous beast. Yeah, he's a gluttonous beast. But no, I think mm-hmm. I think Conte's been. Really, really sharp. I mean, there was. It, I don't know really what happened last year. I think. I mean, Chelsea definitely took a step back as a as a as a team, but he was pretty much a no brainer, best you know holding midfielder in the world just just a couple years ago at the World Cup. So, uh, I think he's absolutely still got it in him. I'd be the the Rice rumors seem pretty big at this point. It seems like a January move is likely. 
would you say, James? That's kind of where I'm thinking. I think it depends on where West Ham is in the table. I, you know, I do think he holds a lot of the keys as to whether or not they stay up. So, you know, if they're still mid-table and it looks pretty certain that West Ham's going to get, uh, um, going to stay up, then yeah, sure, they might, they might cash in on Declan Rice. But if they're in a relegation battle, I think he is key to that battle. So I would actually not be surprised. English price tag, I'd call it around 80 million. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 80 million just seems to be like that ballpark figure for yeah. somebody in that, in that yeah. Yeah, eighty million. I mean, if they're, I don't. United really, quite literally got quoted on Sean Longstaff all but a year ago, sixty million pounds. Why not? <laughs> just have a go, son. Dude, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would just just see what Woodward says. He, you don't know. Matty Longstaff know. shows up at Carrington. Like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> the old switcheroo. All right, into my uh, into my midfield, Mr. James. Uh, I am going, though he had a, a, a little bit of a, uh, a knock, uh, missed a game, maybe two, missed a pen, only one. He'll never do it again. Kevin De Bruyne slotting him mm. in there. I don't think he's my player of the season, but I still think he's the best player in the Premier League. And at every game he touches, he impacts it. The way he moves the ball around the field, it's absolutely insane. I don't know if you saw that pass he had in the uh, with Belgium where outside of the foot, yeah. 60 yards across the field. Yeah. He's just stupid talented. Stupid talented. Yeah, I thought about De Bruyne because I do agree he is, in isolation, the best player in the Premier League. I'd say. I'd agree. Um, Hasn't had a great start to the season by his standards. He's got like three assists, I think, and he scored a goal in his first game. But it hasn't been a great season for him so far, so I couldn't in good conscience put him in the team. But, you know... When you see him on a lineup, that just gets the juices going. So I don't fully knock you for doing it. Right, right. How's yeah. how's your midfield three lining up? I'm finishing it with your boy, and they don't pronounce his name right in FIFA. They call him Bruno Fernand. So mm. I'm going Bruno Fernandez. I think probably second to De Bruyne. I don't think there's a midfielder who impacts the game more in the league. I think he, he th- that Manchester United team will go as far as he takes them, in my opinion. Uh, but I think that you know he's got the mentality and the approach to take them pretty far, and I, I don't think it's something that's going to happen this season. But I think you got you got yourself a good one, Patrick. I got Bruno in there too. He's my number ten, most attacking midfielder of the bunch. You said it all. Is he world class? Is Bruno Fernandez world class? Yeah, absolutely. I would. Okay. I, I. I don't. I'd have to do some thinking and probably some research about some other leagues, but. But he's way, way up there, right? Like he's. One I can't of the best imagine him being like outside of the top ten, like center midfielders in the world. Yeah. Oh, he's got he's got De Bruyne esque numbers. I think he's had like 114 career games and about 114 goals and assists in those games. Yeah, no, I mean so, he's yeah. he's he's incredible. He's got a lot in his bag. He can get he can get forward. Obviously, got a hell of a hit on him. His penalties, with it, with a few exceptions, have been you know lights out. And I, I really do think that he brought, I think the value that he brings to that team, he unlocks so many other players and he turns a lot of, you know, B minuses into, into B pluses across mm-hmm. the pitch. And, and that, 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 I mean, I, I just measured it. I was going to say that has a measurable impact, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking good, man. He's, he's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we'd be if we didn't sign him. We definitely wouldn't be in the Champions League. 
So, uh, James, I'll tell you, it's getting dicey up top because I realize I now had pretty much everyone's double dipped at this point. Ooh, okay. Well, I'll give you a second, and I'll give yeah, you my I'm last. I'm good though. I mean, I, f- I figured it out, but it's it's questionable. Okay, I. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> enough qualifiers. My last midfielder. This is also a bit of a Patrick Crowley shout out. Yuri Tielemans of Leicester, a deep line creative player. He's been so impressive this season. Three goals to his name from a pretty deep line position and a man of the match performance against Leeds where he bagged two. Uh, he has been, to me, like the heartbeat of this Leicester team. Obviously, you're talking Vardy. Um, you know, obviously, you're looking at Madison. But I think, in a way, they're not the exact same type of player. But Tielemann's been eating a bit of Madison's lunch this, this year. Madison's been starting on the bench. And Tielemans yeah. has been providing a creative spark. So, yeah, and I mean, it's the way the that I see it. Uh, in Diddy's undroppable, and the way Tielemans is playing, he's undroppable. So, the way, however, Rogers figures to line up, if you're leaving just two in the midfield, or maybe you know Madison doesn't have that place. I do think a midfield three with the three of them would be. Yeah, I think that's Lester at its best. Yeah, uh, you know, with people obviously in on. You know, I, I do Harvey Barnes. Uh, who's who's the Turkish guy they have? Is it Under? Is his Under, name? yeah. Under, yeah. He's been impressive. Um, they've got some talent, man. They got some talent. But that's a good that's a good shout for for Tielemans there. Okay. Um, so front three, where it's made or broken, Patrick. The front three. Where are we going? Where are we starting? Left side, right side, center side. Let's go left to right because everyone everyone reads left to right, obviously. Right. Okay. Fair enough. We started right back though, so really no nope. consistency. Nope. Anyway, I am gonna go. With everyone's obvious choice for best left wing uh, to start the year, uh, Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace. Five goals to his name. Crystal Palace uh, would not be in 13th place without him. Uh, He's just driving that team forward. And again, I think uh, one of the most fun players to watch in the league as far as, you know, his ambition, taking people on. He's... I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure he's got one of the highest take-on rates of anybody in the league. And he does it a lot alone, the way Palace plays. So he's getting my left my left winger. I can only imagine who yours is, James. I'm going with, to me, the second best player of the season so far. Second only to the next guy I'm going to name. No big deal. I think Jack Grealish. Next guy. Absolutely. Jack Grealish. Four goals. Five assists. Second in the league in assists. He has half the goal tally he had all of last season, and he was pretty damn good last season. I, I, he's the heartbeat of the Villa team. Patrick, I said this about Danny Ings, and I'm, I, you know, I'm starting to regret it the way that they've been playing well without him, Southampton has, but I truly think Villa would fall apart, with, fall apart without Grealish. It, it is immeasurable, his impact that he's had, and you know the sky's the limit for this kid. I remember last year when we were saying Villa was pricing him out of a move at like 65-70 million this past summer. Now it's like yeah, <laughs> I'd probably take that right now. Yeah, he's playing out of his gourd. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I, I eat your heart out Gareth Southgate for Just real. How, he keeps his if he How keeps begrudging his... was he in his post-match conference when he said Grealish was outstanding? <laughs> oh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Just a little bit of that guy. A little bit of humble uh, apple pie. Maybe yeah, banana cream. Yeah, I mean he's it's maybe cherry. He's been he's been absolutely maybe uh, fantastic. I think no, no, second maybe best pumpkin. player on on Villa uh, to Matty Cash, uh, but <laughs> really just he and he has a um, like like Zaha man. That guy he just gets after it. He has so much ambition, so much drive. He pushes the ball forward. 
and his his final product this season so far has been immaculate, mm-hmm. like absolutely immaculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, James, second to one, we have the same one. He's been so good. I don't even need to say this begrudgingly. At my number nine, I suppose. Yeah, uh, going Harry Kane. The spearhead. He's just, he's, there's no. There's there can be no argument about this one. He's, he's a must in the Premier League. Objectively, he's the best player in the Premier League right now. Like you're saying it as an Arsenal fan, I'm saying it as a United fan. Seven goals in eight games, one behind the league leaders, eight assists as a number nine, which is three more than any other player. In eight games, mind you. So mm-hmm. he has he's one goal or assist short of two goal contributions per game in the league. Yeah. Stupid. It's stupid. I mean, I know we got four assists in one game to Kane and or to to to, to Sone, but uh, the, Kane's inclusion in this squad is the only the only negative about it is that you're forced to leave uh, Hingman Son out of the conversation because he is someone I think absolutely deserves a shot for team of the season as well the way that he's been on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what else you can say about him. He's been no, he, he's just been incredible. It would be criminal to leave him out. And Patrick, I've noticed myself doing this, maybe not so much with Ronaldo because I had him at United, but like Messi, you know, on the, I guess he's still playing out of his gourd every week, but you know, on the, on the downswing of his career, I'm like, oh, I wish I watched more of his games, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I do think Harry Kane's going to be spoken in the same breath as uh, Alan Shearer and, and Wayne Rooney when it's all said and done. So let's enjoy the generational player. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's there's there's, you know, he's already top ten, I believe. In um, yeah, he is. He's already top ten in in goals scored in the league. By the end of the season, you'd expect him to be, you know, sitting on in seventh place above mm-hmm. Robbie Fowler behind Thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. And just looking at it, you know, I I he'll absolutely I think catch uh, Wayne Rooney. He's fifty eight goals off that pace at his you know assuming he plays three more seasons in the Premier League, which I think he will. He'll get there, and then Alan Shearer's. You know, I don't know if anyone's going to catch Alan Shearer, but you know, he's yeah. he's going to be in that yeah. category. You know, he'll be he'll be top three goal scorer all time when he, when he hangs up the boots. So, should appreciate him if you can. I can't. So for those of you who can, appreciate him. <laughs> Alas, I cannot. Patrick, <laughs> who is your last player? Your right winger. So someone who I think is just um, so good. We don't give him the credit that he deserves constantly. Mo Salah. Oh! Running, running down the wings. Mo Salah, yeah? Yeah. Running got down him. the wings, yeah? What's that? Uh, I, got, get, I got him in my team, too. Yeah, I can't do the accent, James. I'm going to try and just... I'll, I'll do the little ones. I think I'll, we should do it. it. We should do it for the Anfield rap guys. When I when I lived in England, I was I had a pretty good British accent after just about a month there. I could... I mean, just being surrounded by it. But not here. Not here. I'm not here to talk uh, about myself. He's still. He's. I mean, there's. There's. There's a lot of guys that really popped out of the gate. We're talking. I think four guys on eight goals through through eight games. Some of them probably have only played seven games. Mosal is one of them. You know, I think that that Liverpool team, looking at that back line, they're going to need them to have a, another crazy season up front because they're going to need to put up some points, some goals rather, to uh, to get some points. Yeah. You you hit the nail on the head because expectations aren't. A thing that's in his favor because he's they're he they're so consistently high and he meets them every season, season after season, and you know, you're exactly right. It's just appreciating him for meeting that bar every single season. And he's been in the league for three or four years now. It's the exact same story. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's he's another guy with an a, an incredible incredible goal record, um, eighty three goals in one hundred and twenty nine Premier League games. So uh, he's putting them up yet again, yet again. He does have the record just three years ago, thirty two goals, which just is insane. That you know he's got he's coming off of a twenty two and a nineteen goal season, both of which had him close enough to the golden boot, and we're like, oh, he's had a couple bad seasons. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how we look at him, which is just, it's unfair to him. He's he's phenomenal. Not yeah. sure how long he's out. I know he got COVID in the international break, but he's my guy. Any honorable mentions, James, that you that you feel worth noting? Yeah, we kind of touched on it. Um, by by virtue of the game, you're leaving out Son because you got to take Kane. He's the you're, only, like, one I felt bad leaving out. I was I was flip a coin between Tielemans in the field and and Schmeichel in goal, who's an amazing keeper. I love Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, so great. Um, Kieran Tierney, I 100% want back. You actually mentioned Bakayo Saka, and I was like, would it be wrong to put him at left back? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll make that swap de- right now. Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you, he got a man of the match performance in the Nations League, so we'll take that. Yeah, uh, and then James Rodriguez. I, you know, funny enough, mm. there wasn't a single, there wasn't a single place for an Everton player. Calvert Lewin, you just can't put him ahead of Kane. That was the thing. Um, yeah, yeah. You couldn't, and same with Vardy. Vardy's had a great start as well. James Rodriguez, uh, I think, deserved it, but uh, not not a place in my team. What about you? Right. Yeah. 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 And James also um, tore his scrotum, I believe. So yeah. he's been out for a few yeah. games, Scrot lost a little tear. bit of steam. After the scrote situation, so get a tailor to sew that coin purse back. Yeah, yeah, we need that. Yeah, we gotta do the we gotta do the meme of him. Uh, we, we, we gotta we gotta put his face on Andy Bernard when he tears a scrote. <laughs> yeah. Throw that on the ground. That'd be a good one. That is good. That is good. Yeah. All right. You have some pretty elite face editing uh, skills, James. I, oh. I don't know if I've told you that before. You, <laughs> first of all, this is phenomenal influence work of just getting me to make that post. Second of all, I do love when you're like, oh, that's an unmistakable James Burton joint oh, when, I, man. when I, I post get, him to the gram. The thing is, James, I don't know if you make them for anyone more than me, but it feels like they're made just for me. They're made for the fans. And I think you're also a fan. Yeah, fair enough. Fair My enough. biggest shame in life is that I'll never be able to see myself perform live. <laughs> James Burton, Michael Scott. <laughs> All right, that was a good. That was a good team this season. I actually had a uh, Hoiberg was another guy I was considering. Kurt mm. Zuma was on my radar. I thought about. I thought about Zuma. We had uh, Vestigar. Zuma, I thought you were going to clown on me for. We're 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 pretty in sync right now. Well, Zuma was that one where I went back and looked at it, and I was like, oh shit. I mean, let the record show. He's having a good season. I think Zuma was the one I researched the most because he was the least believably having a good season. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I think he's just having that like turn the corner season that's a little hard to, you got to rub your eyes a second. Anyway, yeah. we had Kane, Salah, Fernandez, and Vestigard as four out of the 11 overlaps. We're going to post ours on the gram and we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what your favorite team is and go head to head there on the gram. Can't wait. Cannot we'll pick wait. our favorite. And we'll pick our favorite and we'll talk about it next week. That's a great ad. <laughs> Let's... I love how I just just off 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 the top of my head contribute with no real flair. And then you bring the flair back in all on air. <laughs> my brain brainstorm session. And my you're, my you're brain's moving a million miles an hour <laughs> to keep up with you right now. 
Yeah, I, yeah, you know, different wavelengths, James. There's levels to this shit. And pivot, and we go. And the next thing we're going to do, ask us anything. Get you guys involved. Oh, shit. Again, this is a fucking dogfight of how many questions can you ask us per week versus our stamina of answering said questions. And I think we're winning right now because seven questions from you guys, all of them answered. Unfazed. Patrick, you ready to get into it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Our first one. We'll go with the folks who didn't write in last week first. Scott Koblin is our known Liverpool supporter, winner of the player haters ball last year. How many injuries will it take for Liverpool to not be considered title favorites? I don't know how much sarcastic stank is on this, but I'm going to take it at face value. How many more injuries will it take for Liverpool to not be considered favorites? Because when you get rid of the stank, I think that's a valid question. How many more injuries? He says how many more injuries, but let's look at it for what it is right now. It's long-term Joe Gomez and Van Dyke, which is yeah. a problem. Uh, more so, way more so for Van Dyke. Uh, Salah's got the Rona, and Alexander-Arnold and Thiago are on the on the mend. So, yeah, why don't you take it from here? I will say that it is... One injury to three people. And those three people are Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, and Allison. If one of those three get injured, I can no longer think of them as title favorites. The fact that I already don't think of them as title favorites, I think tells you everything you need to know what I think about Klopp and that team. And how much of a shit show I think City is. I do think City will get it together. I think that they'll get their stuff sorted. But I, I think that the league will be won with around 90 points this year. I don't think it's going to be won around 100 points. So okay. I, I I think Liverpool can obviously still get there. And they're, they're still my favorite team, but it's not going to take much more. Not going to take much more. That's Those are brutal injuries. I completely agree, Patrick. Um, still my title favorites. It, it, it is breaking up that front three. And now you could even consider four because Firmino and... Jota are, are kind of duking it out and whatever they're doing. Yeah. But Salah, Mane, you got those two. You're going to be just fine. Allison, he'll be that commanding presence at the back without Van Dyke. You know what is not spoken about enough? Tiago was, I think he had COVID to start the season, came and put in a man of the match performance. We were watching the Merseyside Derby. He was amazing. And then went back on the mend. So we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he is a key, key player who hasn't really played. So yeah. You got to think you'll be getting him back soon, and I 100% agree with you. They're still my title favorites, actually by a pretty long margin. So, yeah, yeah, they're still they're still really really good. One thing that's um, I found interesting when I was doing some of my research for the team of the season so far. What's his name? Adrian has played two games, mm-hmm. two games, and he is. There's like three or four goalkeepers who have given up less goals than him because he was in that seven-goal seven Ashton Villa game. He's given up like nine goals on the season. There's several goalkeepers who have given up less, which is yeah. insane to me. Yeah. It's... Allison goes down. They're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian, you know, he, he was not a scrub before, but alas, I think TLC has gotten to him. Yeah. Okay, this one's from reigning Fantasy League champion for now, Will Jones. Mm. This one simply says, Poch to City or United? Wow. Wow. 
man of few words, but so many implications. Wow. You know, I can. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah. Why don't you take a shot? Yeah. He's taking a. He's he's asking about. Yeah. He's he's asking so, about Manchester. This is your wheelhouse. I don't know if he heard my legendary diatribe, uh, however many weeks ago, just about Ollie's treatment and the deal with Pochettino. The way I'd answer it here, if Ollie's still in a job by the summer, I'd say that City dump Pep. I don't. Is he in his last year or his second to mm-hmm. last year? Yeah, last year. He's in last year. Okay, last year. Yeah, then they'll go. They'll move for Poch, which I think is always the risk when you sit with Ollie. But I really don't think Ollie's going to be in a job by the end of the summer. The way, the, the way how vo- like how volatile our season started. So in my mind, yeah. it hinges on Ollie's longevity. If he leaves midseason. Poch is going to United. I think that's the likeliest case. If he stays through the summer, presumably getting more time, I'd say City risk it all and get Poch. I am going to have to agree with you, but I don't think um, I don't think that uh, Poch will be Manchester City's first choice. I think Hassan Huddle will be City's first choice. Ooh. I think I think Hassan Huddle is the hottest manager physically. And I also think he is the best. <laughs> no. And he's not so, so bad either. Yeah, right. So he's he's going to be, I think, the the highest suited. And I don't trust Woodward and the Dingbats over there to make the right decision and go after him. I think they'll go after the shiny candidate, which is Poch. Uh, but I do agree oh, with yeah. you on No timeline. matter what, it, it's the Woodward rule. If they bring in Pochettino, it's just the wrong decision. Like, context aside. Uh, it, it will have it will have gone about in a way that wasn't right, but I do think that Pochettino would be a step up for United. Uh, and I, yeah. and I, there seems to be something that's gotten a little stale about Pep City. I sure. don't want to. I don't necessarily think that uh, well, Pochettino. Well, Patrick, uh, that's that's a question that's coming up. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, then I'll leave it. Yeah. I'll leave it right there. Can it? In the meantime, Tim Batal, mm. longtime listener, longtime caller. Can Everton survive without Richarlison? It's a good question. Survive has to be defined, but it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah, let's try and define survive. So I would go against their ambitions, right? And if their ambitions are probably to get into Europe. So mm-hmm. And yeah, let me I let think me, they could. Patrick, let me set the table just a little bit more. They're sitting in seventh right now, so that's like scraping into Europa League. Everton won all their games minus a draw against Liverpool before Richarlison got that red card in the Merseyside Derby. Since then, they've lost all three games of his suspension. Wow. Well, I probably should have bit my tongue before I said, yeah, they can, huh? Doesn't seem like they can. <laughs> Doesn't seem it. Evidence their would team, show. We, yeah. we talked about their depth, you know, I've, and and maybe I'm just kind of being a little too mean to Richarlison here, but I... I don't think they can survive much, um, but I think that there's more players that are imp- more important to Everton's success than uh, Richarlison. I think both Hamas and Calvert-Lewin are more important to that success. Uh, I would argue probably even Allen is more important to that success. And then, you know, maybe Pickford getting injured is important to their success. Yeah, you know, getting in, him in out the of way the you in the way you wouldn't think about it. Right, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Jordan Pickford just playing well. So maybe, in, I guess in terms of positions that I'm watching, mm-hmm. I think that they have more like-for-like replacements for Richarlison, or there's less fall-off for Richarlison than they would have at other positions on the field. Yeah. But those stats are damning. Those stats are damning. What do you think? 
it's a funny one, and I am looking at the numbers, but behind that, I'm just using my limited tactical knowledge to say I don't think you get the best of Calvert-Lewin without that counterpart, you know, the pace that goes with the power. And I think you need that sort of symbiotic relationship up front to get the best out of both of them. And right now they're a little one-dimensional. So I am excited to see. Of of those three, James, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, is there a group of two of them that could carry Everton through, you know, one of their injuries? Or do they need all three of those guys (sighs) to stay together? You know, it's funny. I'd say James is is the most expendable one there. I think he's really wow. Okay, I think Not he's the I think he's the creative linchpin. I, I I really do. But you're also discrediting how they've bolstered their midfield. Sigurdsson is a creative player. Gomez has creative flair, flair to him, and then Decore and Allen are absolute workhorses. So I Decore is great. Yeah. You know, I I. I do think there's just the need for Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin to spearhead your attack in different ways. Otherwise, you're looking at, like, Cenk tossing on the top, bench. And then, yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Moise Keane isn't there, you know, so. Fair enough. Moise Keane over Surgeons of Forum mm-hmm. the PSG as well. Mm-hmm. I was new to class. Alvaro Morado is becoming, like, one of the most dominant strikers in the world. So yeah. strange. So it's strange. Very strange so far. It's very strange so Only far. Only 2020, Patrick. Okay, right. this one comes from our fan and f- dear friend, Kiki Terry. He mm. asks, or rather recommends, you guys should do a segment where you debate players head-to-head as like a who's better. So, for example, Jack Grealish or Mason Mount. He clearly listens to, to the cast. Yeah, it's Jack Grealish. It's not even close. Huh. It's not, not even close. Hmm, interesting. You would say that. Yeah, you know the reason that... Um... They say there's no debate because there's no debate. It's not because they don't play any different positions. It's because they don't want to embarrass poor Mason on the big Stephen stage. A. Smith has entered the chat. Let me let me just put it this way. If Gary Southgate is siding with you, I'm going the other way. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a good rule. You know, there's Dixon's law. There's Southgate's law. Mm-hmm. And there's Woodward's law. Like, if he makes a decision, it's the wrong decision. We need to compile just a series of laws that can then inform all of our decisions. Because I think if we just go by Dixon's laws, we're going we're gonna to go down some slippery slopes. <laughs> but we, so we need a few checks and balances. I like a Woodward's law. A Woodward's mm-hmm. law feels like something that will keep you on a very specific path regardless of the information around you. So it would be a good barrier for it us. Is, it is like the counter version of that, uh, that old detective saying. I forget what it's called. Like Occam's Razor. Uh, the, most, the most likely um, suspect is the right suspect. It's like, yeah, the decision that he made is the wrong decision. Right. It must be. It must Gotta be. be. By the nature well, of him making the decision, it must be. Well, to bring it back to this debate, Grealish or Mount? What's up? No, I, th- I think that one was just having a little bit of a go at, at the Mason Mount okay. thing. I, don't, I, I agree. It's not a debate. We did a little bit of Jota uh, Firmino last week. And why don't we think of a good one to do next week? And like, I think um, I'll give why don't you, we do our... I'll give okay, you a, I'll give you a player and I'll take a player and it has to be like fair battlegrounds but like we do like a like a hash it out debate and then we have to align on who's the best. Okay. The first one that came to my head would be in um Arsenal and Manchester United's luxury players who's had the best career Pogba or Ozil. Ooh, could be a fun one. That is a good one. Let's do that next I'll, week. Let's yeah, debut I'll come it. with some ammo. I think we'll both dig into that. Luxury player is the best way to put it. Yeah. 
the only way I can prevent you from coming at me is by letting you know that I think Ozil's a luxury player. And you're like, fine, fine. So is Pogba. It's like we're both agreeing, but like holding our ground. Uh, Patrick, I need to do research to convince myself that Pogba is the more worthwhile player. <laughs> really? Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um... Well, I guess career is a little bit different. Yeah, one's yeah. kind of on the yeah, well, career is mean, yeah, okay, completely on the twilight of his career. Okay, let's present our arguments next week, Kiki. That's a great idea. Moving right along, three At to their go. Peak, yeah, figure out. Yeah, just Opogbo or Ozil. No context. Just sort it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just remember my context, listeners. Franco says, "What did you make of the goal that VAR ruled out for Messi against Paraguay?" And I'll tell you what, Franco. We had to do a little bit of research for this one. We went to the bowels of YouTube. To find it like I don't know if you ever find those highlight clips on YouTube that someone cut very strangely where they just take random clips of passing and non-events and they call it the highlights reel I ran into like three of those mm-hmm but was fun. we made it we got to the bottom of it and for anyone who hasn't seen it it was like that classic so classic VAR uh one minute of possession later and like 15 passes later Messi scores and they call it back for a foul that like changed possession that whole minute ago um i remember it happening in the premier league i forget who for but it's um it's undoubtedly an injustice and we sit here and we talk about consistency for var and patrick i don't know if you have a specific stance that's just too far away from that it's an interesting one because it's the it's the because i think what what it's a good debate it's a good question because it's a good one to debate because it was a nailed-on foul that the referees missed, right? Like, those und- like guy put his studs on, on, on the back of the guy's leg. Like, it was an absolute foul. But then, like you said, there was a full buildup. It wasn't like a quick counter. They passed the ball around the back, like, and then, like, had a beautiful buildup to score. Like, they got possession. You know, and so, I guess it's just what, where is the line? And this is where the bullshit rules that they write come back to bite you because it's like a reasonable amount of time is like needs to have passed and then you can't award it. Why well, yeah, why can't they just put their stones on the table and just slap a number on it? Three passes. Or X with seconds. dribbles. Yeah. Too bad. Pass the ball. Yeah. You know? Like figure it out. Like ten seconds. Yeah, another good one, right? It, it, the goal has to have occurred X number of seconds, right? And, and even if it's an arbitrary number that you can you can at least have something that everyone knows what it is. You can fall on one side or the other. And then, I mean, we're going to get the same fucking debate. It's going to be like 10.00001. It's going to be like, well, is that 10 or is that... No, I mean, at least that would... I have to think that wouldn't happen. Like, when did the ball cross the line? You know what? I'm I'm, I'm teasing. But if you can get something finite, then you can calibrate. And we're like, oh, 10 seconds? Way too much. Let's go... Let's go to seven. Oh, that's too much. Then you go down to five. Oh, that's that's not enough. Then you go back up to six. You know, you can figure out what the right time is, and you can iterate. They're clearly just changing the rules as you go. The championship just we're like, hey guys, next month we're going to have five subs for the rest of the season. All right, thanks. Like <laughs> no one, like they're okay to change the rules as we go. Why don't we just get it sorted? Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, there's a fine line. VAR was introduced to catch things that the referees miss, not like do revisionist history on games. It's like right, like oh, impact moment. Yeah, yeah. But then I could, I could get in the seat of somebody arguing that that was an impact moment and that 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 was the impetus for the goal. I will also say been, this. You know what I mean? It I doesn't. Get there. I watched the play over and over again, Patrick. 
It doesn't help that the guy who got fouled got back up, but was not ready to resume defensive duties. He straight up did not track the runner into the box that led to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, he just stopped it, like he was up, but he wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, it's hard to say that that didn't impact like the situation, but it's, yes. Yeah. yeah. Lacelso's like dangerous flex. run like, in the box was not tracked. How many, you could, you could go back to, Literally, because there's going to be a bad call, a bad like nonsense call, goal kick awarded as a corner, and then like they don't score off the corner and the ball gets passed around and then they get a goal off the possession. Like, should that get returned? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, there's a never ending list of like mm-hmm. how far back you can go. So we just need to get it sorted with something mm-hmm. that's not like you know a reasonable amount of time has passed. Yeah, yeah. Because people well aren't said. reasonable. The thing is that I did think was cool was just having the audio for VAR. I can't speak Spanish, but I was into it. And I was also, last weekend, going through and just watching um, compilations of rugby referees sending people off. And they have, they're have they mic'd up. They explain oh, yeah. their decisions. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. It's it's like you're watching something taking taking place in, two, like, 2050. Just how advanced yeah, They're not the is. enemy. They're not the enemy of the sport. No. They have, the captains come over respectfully with the person that's about to get sent off. They explain it to them. And the referee completely controls the situation. It's, oh man, what a day that would be if yeah. we get the that referees in aren't out of shape. But obviously, like the captains of these teams are hulking figures over them. But the refs have full command of the situation. They're like, nope, I'm talking. And the captain's like, yes, right. sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, what? If you, if you haven't already, do yourself a favor and just watch rugby referee compilation videos, and then go watch Mike Dean celebrating goals, and you tell me what you'd prefer. Patrick, I love this, you know, whenever we do incorporate a visual component to Prem de la Prem, I loved your, this past weekend, just retelling of, like, how how refs visually give penalties. Oh, dude, I could go all, I could, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, are we on TikTok, James? That seems like a TikTok. Yeah. Just do each one of them. That's a great idea. We'll get that started. Okay. It's a deep squat more, from Mike Dean is the best. Two more to go. <laughs> Kate, our resident Man City fan. Yes. She has this to say. Ferran Torres scored three goals for Spain today. Ruben Diaz scored a brace against Croatia. Mara scored a goal for Algeria. Why aren't they gelling at City? And not only why aren't we converting, but why are less chances being created? What's happening to her citizens? Well, believe it or not, you've gotten worse at left back, so you have a really unbalanced attack. You have... Cancelo, who I actually think is doing a decent job, but he's not a left-footed player. Um, I've seen him try to cross the ball with his left foot. Yeah, he's doing doing all right. I think I could do the same. I think I could do the same. He just doesn't have that in his locker. So he's doing okay. Uh, I think that's been a big problem for them. I think it's going to take teams time to gel, uh, one. And two, I think City have always kind of had this embarrassment of riches where you risk people not getting into form. Where City have always excelled, I think, is that there was always 11 players in form. So when Riyad Mahrez was in a tough spell, who cared? Bernardo Silva was having a team of the season season. Yeah. So it is what it is. They're just not they're not there right now, which is normal. It's absolutely normal. There's a reason that the three highest Premier League scoring seasons have been in the last couple of years. We've been seeing some abnormal performances. Mm-hmm. This might just be a correction to the mean, and they were at the top for an incredibly mm-hmm. long period of time to be at that level. A perfection type level, and you can't sustain that forever. Um, but I, I, I still, they're most likely to challenge Liverpool for me. Still, it's still. without a doubt, a hundred percent. Patrick, it's funny. I, my 
my prediction from the start of the season has pretty much not changed, maybe with the exception <laughs> of United. But um, yeah, I mean, take take the three players, probably the three best players on the team. You know, Aguero's injured, so we'll do we'll do Sterling, we'll do um, Kevin De Bruyne, and we'll do um, maybe Diaz, honestly. Yeah, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make. Um, I was thinking Bernardo Silva, but I wouldn't put him yeah. in the same breath. Sterling and De Bruyne, two absolute superstars on this team. They haven't kicked off this season yet. But Fair enough. We're not for a second are you going to say, oh, like are they not as good as we thought they were? No, they're great players. They just haven't kicked off yet. So I think there is a little bit of patience that needs to happen. You're surely still trusting the process with Pep. And it is a new team. Ferran Torres, clearly a good player. You know, give him a sec to figure it out, and it hasn't exactly helped you that Aguero and Jesus have been out at the same time. So a little bit of patience is required at City, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think it just says something about the uh, the pace that is required to compete at the top, and that these last year, uh, right. you know, Kate was watching these and thinking at this juncture in the season, I'm watching the title slip away because I know what Liverpool is going to do. Liverpool isn't going to do quite that this year, right? But, they're still they're dropping a lot of points they shouldn't be dropping if they want to if, if if they claim to be title contenders let's yeah. let's put it that way um, yeah it's, Raheem Sterling just two goals two goals on the year uh-huh. he's he'll he'll I mean he's obviously going to come good you know he'll 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 be up around twenty I think your golden boot prediction might be out the window but the rest of <laughs> oh it, you remember that he'll, huh <laughs> he'll get going oh yeah 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 don't worry about it steel trap you think you think I'm the only one throwing out these little bit leavits. Without paying attention. No, no, I got mine on you, James. It's uh, it's pretty damning. I went back through some old notes today to you know come up with some of these team of the seasons, and I was like, ooh, yeah, ooh, oops, oopsies. Okay, last but not least, if you thought Andy the engineer wasn't gonna double down on the pandemic theme, you were wrong. <laughs> Andy writes. It. Andy writes in with this, and you know, Patrick, I want you to fully own this question. What can Prem de la Prem do to combat boredom stemming from the worldwide work-from-home orders? First off, last fan standing. We're going to give you something to do on that little mobile phone. Mm. You can't stop twirling your thumbs on. Done. We've been pretty consistent with a weekly podcast. That's two. Certainly in season during the pandemic. That's two. This is international break, folks. We're not taking a week off, are we? No. We're keeping... Mm -hmm. We're keeping things here, keep things light, and we're coming back. Mm-mm. James, you've set me up for a third. And third. Maybe it's more like a what can we do? What can we do? Yeah, that's a good interview tactic. Ask the question of your interviewer. What can we do to combat your boredom, Andy? So, two things. Next, ask me anything. I want another question because these two have been phenomenal. And I also want an answer. What can we do to help you combat your boredom? And I vow that we will try. I wouldn't say do it because that gives you too much creative license, but we'll try. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, uh, people aren't commuting as much. I, I read that somewhere, you know, not as, not, not as many commutes right now. So maybe we just do a little bit more visual stuff. I think TikToks of referee poses isn't the thing, but it's a thing. And it's on that line of things. Let's see how much a. Uh, do they sell. Referee kits? Do they sell TikToks? <laughs> I want to I get a referee kit from the Premier League store. Oh, oh God. There's Mike, a referee's tab, but Mike it's not Dean, leading to a shot. number 10 on the back. Okay, Patrick. That was the full roundup of Ask Us Anything. Folks, we cannot wait to keep this going with you guys. I love this relationship we have. We're definitely in a peak right now. 
Keep the good times going. We are here to answer them, and long may it continue. Freaketh of the weaketh. What do you got? I'm going international managers, and uh, mostly it's just in their stubborn nature when picking teams. You see it with Germany. Kind of see it a little bit with England. You've seen it before. Uh, Last three World Cup champions have been ousted in the group stage of the following World Cup. These international managers do not adapt quick enough. I get it. They don't have a lot of time with these players. There's they got one, two games, and then they you know might have training for a week before. They're going to go with the people that they know and that they trust. But I think international managers got to pay more attention to form, give their teams the best chance to compete. And I think that you see, you know, you, you scratch your head. How do you get a result like that out of Germany? It's been building. Mm-hmm. It's been building. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think international managers need a fix. And James, I want to want to throw something out there on the international managers. Go right There's an idea. Jose Mourinho managing the Three Lions, 2026. What do we think? Yeah, where do I sign up? Yeah, that's that's something the world needs. Because you know, Patrick, it's controlled crazy. It's like one tournament, one big ramp up. You don't need Mourinho in your life all year long, like texting you at 11.30, like, have you eaten dinner? As John Terry used to say. So <laughs> you're getting controlled Mourinho three months of his peak excellence and managerial acumen and i think they're leading the tree lions to the top i would love to see it i really really would holding with the armband holdinho two predictions coming true at once Mm -hmm. but i think what what Mourinho has in his locker i don't know that i would trust another manager in the world more than him to just get a group organized for a short sprint where you know everyone would be motivated right Right. I, I, I would I would trust him more than anyone to get a result at an international competition. For me, it's Portugal or England for him to manage. I think England would be much better oh, banter. So that's what I'd prefer. You've got me excited for six years from now. I didn't even think that was possible. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wait till I talk about 10, James. That's the Prem of the Prem long vision. Ow! Okay. My freak of the week. Election memes as a banter device. So... Southampton won the internet when they said stop the count while they were top of the table for that like brief couple of hours on Friday. That was class. That was tops. Great. Now, now it's just overkill with the, uh, I don't know if you've seen these like tweets and memes and whatever where it's like official sources stated that this is true or official sources have disputed this claim because it's just free license to say anything and then just slap one of those on there. And first of all, is our democracy some kind of joke to you? Don't answer that mm. question. But mm. Oh, I was going. Uh, to am, say I some, am I some am I some kind of joke to you? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I encourage you not to think too hard about that. Um, it's it's just it's scraping at the bottom of the barrel. And this, I did not think this trend was going to come and go this quickly. But like, La Liga tweeted, "La Liga is better than the Premier League," and then slapped the official sources stated this is true. And it's just like, all right, move along, sir. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get it. Yeah. We get it. Our elections disputed. South Southampton came in, good. but that's 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 what that's what happens these days. Everyone's got to come in. They got to tack on. They got to kill it. Not me, James. Not me. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. that comes from me is coming straight from my head, and I think that that is painfully clear. For better or for worse, eh, it's we pretty much know. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. But 
you know, well, there's a lot of humoring that goes into this cast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Degenerate district. We left you. Ooh, in I've a got bit. a. I got a meta culture. Oh damn! Okay. Before we get there. Yeah, ride it out, King. Did you see the um, uh, the the whole Gabon international team? Pierre Mar- What Mar- the Mar- hell was saga? that? Holy hell! Yeah. Yes. So I did some reading, and this is reading for me is uh, going about. You're, you're doing air ten quotes. layers deep in. Yeah, you're doing Reddit, air quotes right now. Reddit comments, but. Basically, um, the the Gabon team was stranded at the Gambia uh, airport ahead of their ahead of their uh, qualifier for the Africa Cup of Nations. Sure, and obviously, you know, real bad, and you know, that's just poor poor planning. Um, but come to find out that it was largely strategic, and that is just what the federation just turns uh-huh. a blind eye to. That this uh-huh. is fairly common in uh, the, the African Federation for teams to be stranded or uh, have to take long, arduous bus rides to get places, stay at really bad hotels. They really try to make the accommodations as poor as possible for the visiting team, which is just, on one hand, I get it. And I've, I've, I've been to a couple stadiums, and you can tell that there's a very, very clear difference between the away and the home dressing room. They're not trying to make these people feel at home. But I think there's a line. Uh, and I, I just found that one to be interesting. Um during the international break, yeah. and obviously the spotlight for for Abamia and given given the federation the middle finger on Instagram. Oh was, yeah, was yeah, that was good. That kitsch. was good. Just the exact middle finger me uh, emoji, and yeah, yeah. He, he was he was tweeting up a storm, and you know, it turned, I don't think they ended up getting the dub against the game. They did not. No. So that's no, they did not. That is unfortunate. But um, I looked it up as well, and I think that. This is where Aubameyang can get off throwing the middle finger. I don't think he's throwing that to the FA, but Gabon's best ever finish was like seventh at the Africa Cup of Nations. So I think he knows what their ceiling is. Yeah. They don't qualify for many of the major competitions. So, so he's just kind of why know, not speak truth yeah. to power. Yeah, and I think he's also using his his. You know, he's the captain on that side. If, if I'm taking the real Aubameyang's a saint, you know, lens to this situation, he's using his platform to advocate mm-hmm. for people that don't have it. Mm-hmm. So. While he spoken like a true Arsenal fan. Also, the picture that he took was like him completely blinged out, like sitting on a chair, and yeah. like his whole team like sleeping on the ground. I'm yeah. like, bro, did you just like make your whole team sleep on the ground? Oh, yeah, like he's doing just fine. Yeah, <laughs> Aubameyang got flown out of there. Let's be I clear. swear, the rest of the players on Gabon have other jobs. And then Aubameyang just flies back to the Emirates. <laughs> it's kind of lit. That'd be so cool. That is pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, that is pretty like, cool. yeah. I gotta go fly. I gotta play with Aubameyang this weekend. Yeah, I'll be back for dinner. All right. All right, James. No, this is this is your time. Send us home. That's right. Degenerate District, where dreams are made. And broken. Yes. Yes. Um, I was trying to think where dreams are made, and I was trying to loop money into that soliloquy, but um, you, you brought it home correctly. Um, Bills get paid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, lock of the week. Um, doing well on my locks. I got another one, James. I think you're going to love. I'm taking Villa home to Brighton at plus 115. A little bit better than even odds. Villa's, you know, not, it's not, not, not outside the realm of possibilities for them to have a bit of a banana peel here. Is that a trap Brighton. game? Is it might be a little bit off an international break. Yeah. It might be a little bit. It might be a little bit. But uh, I do I do like those odds. Before I get to my crop, James, my specimen to balls this week, there's a lot of really, really cool lines out here. Um, Spurs. Plus three hundred five versus City. How City is, is that? I mean, how can how can that be? It's at the Etihad. 
No, it's not. You know, without watching this season, it's not at the Eddie. Probably end. still take. Is not. No. So how can that line even exist? I'm, then That's again, insane, then. then again, I mean, what is a home game? What's an away game these days? But like, I'm sure. lo- I'm looking at the fixtures. That's a home game for Spurs. Holy shit! I thought I I, I must have just assumed that that was an away yeah, game because right. of the line. Right. Then honestly, that's that's borderline lock material. The way that City's been playing, the way that Spurs have been playing. So plus three hundred five in a game that I would actually I would actually lean for Spurs. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you're at right now. I would too. But crazy to me. Southampton um, plus two twenty five. Uh, I believe they're away to Wolves, but. Yeah, they're away to Wolves, yeah. but plus 225 for Southampton, worth a shout for yeah, me. Yeah, I like and that. And then, to end the unbeaten run, Leicester's plus 275 versus Liverpool at Anfield. You have the return of Brandon Rodgers. Zero, I, I think it's literally just going to be, uh, it's, 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 I cannot wait to see the team that Liverpool fields this weekend. because It's going to be seven James Milners. Jay, who's who's going to be their center back? I think it honestly might be James Milner and <laughs> Fabinho. That's no, it's just, it's just James Milner part one. G- got it. Understood. Yeah. Understood. So that's how he wins all those stamina tests. He just cycles in a new one. Correct. He's like the prestige. He found that machine. Yeah, he he went prestige. Spoiler alert. Anyway, last one I like is Everton. Anyway, <laughs> Fulham. Uh, that seems like another no-brainer for my Croc James. We're taking it down down a little bit. We're, we're taking it down a notch on the parlay, the donkey. But we're doing a four-way parlay at plus 670. Plus 670. So still pretty decent there on the parlay. But it's Manchester United to win uh, at home versus West Brom. My lock, Villa at home versus Brighton. Everton on the road to Fulham. And then Chelsea on the road to Newcastle. I think it's a nice, easy, easy donkey to get us in. Get us on the board. Plus 670. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, have a nice dinner. Is an easy donkey. Can we call that a noble steed? We'll call that a noble steed. And then if it doesn't hit, we'll play this so much for noble steed soundbite. That is Oscar worthy podcasting. <laughs> the shit we come up with at the end of the show, huh? That's <laughs> uh, where the best stuff comes out. Fair enough. That's it for me. All right, folks. Patrick, if you could name one cultural iconic moment from the 90s, what would it be? Uh, the Atlanta Olympics. Atlanta Olympics. He's going with it, folks. That is Patrick Crowley <laughs> off the top of the <laughs> On behalf of Frem de la Prem, this is James. We can't wait to recap Match Week 9 with you guys next week. Until then, sayonara. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.